Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Today we have, we have with us Dr. Nathan Benaish, um, an investor, a technologist, and actually also a former research scientist here um, at the center. Uh, Nathan completed his PhD here in the lab of Fiona Watt, and he studied the role of uh, microRNAs in human oral uh, squamous cell carcinomas. Uh, and uh, then he joined uh, to work on venture capital um, and he was a partner in uh, Playfair Capital where he was sourcing and managing venture investments in different companies across uh, US and Europe. Um, and uh, today he joined us to give us a talk about the need of artificial intelligence in life science. So could you tell me where uh, do you see the power uh, of artificial intelligence and how could you apply this into life sciences? Mm. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think there's there's several applications for uh, machine learning in, in many industries and the way to kind of think about it is that um, the way we're currently solving problems is by using our own expertise that's been acquired by reading, learning, practicing. And in many cases, the, the way that we've developed solutions are sort of suboptimal. They're not the best way out there, uh, purely because we haven't discovered the right one through our expertise. And so what's, what's amazing with machine learning is, it's a, it's, is that it's a great way of you know, pulling together the approaches of different people and, and ultimately getting uh, software to discover the right and most optimal way of solving a problem. And so this applies to um, drug discovery, which uh, is the problem of screening a whole swath of molecules and trying to determine which ones are most relevant for targeting uh, a protein of interest, or even in medical imaging, where um, we're trying to augment the ability of uh, radiologists, for example, who spend their days analyzing x-rays um, and help them um, make diagnostic decisions about what's, what's wrong or what's right about those x-rays in a way that's far more powerful than just their ability to do so alone. And in terms of uh, lab work, for instance, how, how would you see this also applied in, for example, a scientist's life, how to analyze our images? Could, you, could we also apply uh, these learning machine techniques to, to analyze our high throughput images, for example? Mm, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I remember some days that I was uh, spending in the lab trying to identify what was going on and you know this huge amount of images that we were taking and, and and unfortunately there was no there was no feedback loop so you know we'd spend hours looking at these images deciding what was going on in there and then we would write the results down in excel or maybe somewhere else and uh and and the sort of lost there is that um the analysis that we're making is not appended back to the images so that we can't use that feedback to train a system to look at the images that we just looked at, use the labels that we just inferred, and, uh, and automatically do so in the future as opposed to us having to do it manually all over again. I really agree with you on that. And so what are the parallels that you see um, between the academic labs and, and the startup? Well, <clears throat> I think... Um, so in, in, in one sense, it's working on something new and, um, and being really sort of enthralled with a, specific, with a particular problem that you care deeply about and you want to understand so fundamentally. Um, the, big, the big difference, um, though, I think is, um, 
is that while in academia you work on these research projects and once you solve them you kind of move on to the next logical step in that project um, in startup world when you've sort of solved the problem you take it out there to the real world and, and you get other people to sort of experience the results um, and so in some ways like moving from academia to start to startup world is about closing the loop on your work um, it's about you know taking it far beyond the confines of a published paper or or talks at big conferences, but instead in you know in the hands of people um, that experience that same problem. And maybe the, just do you think things move faster in startups? Um, you mean getting well, the results and the objectives that you set at the beginning, and then getting the results. Well, it? I think the the main bottleneck that you don't have in startups is um, is writing grants. Um, well, yeah. we have to pitch for venture capital. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but venture but venture investors are paid to take risk. Like granting institutions, uh, I suppose, are a little bit more like convoluted in the way they work, um, and uh, and so so there's a little bit more democracy in the sense of if you have an inspiring idea and you're great people, uh, and you, a good you, network, and a good network, you can find venture money. Whereas, like, if you're if you're a scientist coming out from a well-renowned lab, you still have to fight, um, and it's uh and and it's tough. You know, venture funding is growing, grant funding is dropping, mm-hmm. and so so I I wonder if um, well we're starting to see certain signs of that where um, a lot of academic work is now being internalized in corporates. So you know, Alphabet has a bunch of divisions that work on different types of problems in engineering or life sciences or. Or machine learning, and they're staffed with research scientists who would otherwise be working in academia. And uh, the appeals of that are the same kinds of freedom, the same incentives to publish and to push forward a research agenda, but you know, no limitations on availability of data or money to throw at the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I think that's also a function of how difficult it is to get grant funding. And I know that you're also um, co-running the London uh, Artificial Intelligence Network. Yeah. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I started this a couple of years ago because um, coming out from a PhD program where I thought it was very difficult to, to interface with the real world and people who'd gone from doing graduate studies into, uh, into starting companies or working in companies, especially on topics that were more technical like machine learning, um, I thought it was a great uh, opportunity in order to try and bridge that gap between applied academic researchers and people who work in startups and in larger technology companies. And so that network basically exists to facilitate that transfer and to showcase some of the exciting applications um, of technologies developed in the research lab that apply to the real world. So this is held every six to eight weeks with about 150 people. Oh, wow. Just based in London or across it's- UK and Europe? Yeah, so it's currently uh, in so London AI is in London, and then we have sort of sister programs across uh, Europe. So there are there are programs in Sweden, in France, and then um, in Germany, um, with a very similar ethos as well. Okay, well, thanks so much. If you want to know more about Nathan, you can just go to www.nathan.ai. Yeah, yeah. And uh, see you next week for another Stem Cells at Lunch Digested. Thank you. Mm-hmm.